I'm here with Owen Gallivan, and this is interesting. So at a research conference like this, um, we've finally, finally got a conversation about using um, a really interesting approach in clinical practice um, with people who are thinking of killing themselves. So, Owen, tell us a bit about CAMS, and well, I guess first of all, tell us a bit about your own story as a clinician and the experiences you've had with patients. Sure. Thanks for uh, talking with me. Um, I suppose this started for me in around 20, 2010 when someone I was working with uh, in, ther- in twice-weekly therapy died by suicide. And for clinicians who've been thra- through that, they'll know that it has a massive impact. And it really prompted me to think quite carefully about what I was doing, and I started looking more closely into the research and literature about what I could do. Because I think a lot of people... I was, I was using, uh, you know, kind of psychodynamic psychotherapy was the model I was... Uh, and I was assuming that that's, you know, that's just fine. And, of course, very effective therapy for lots of reasons. But it's not suicide-specific. And a lot of the core trainings that mental health care professionals, therapists, etc., uh, have been trained in aren't suicide-specific. In other words, they don't really focus on suicidality as a core issue. Um, they tend to focus on other things around it, like, you know, depression or... Um, trauma and, and they're all of course really important but they're not necessarily going to address an individual's driver for their suicidality so I came across the CAMS model which really helps it's a collaborative way of discussing what is it that's pushing your life at risk putting your life at risk and then what can we do about it and that collaborative idea was really kind of revolutionary it sounds really simple and you know it should kind of be standard but it, it's actually quite a different shift in gears so we sit down side by side we put your suicide on the table and we have a conversation and we think a lot about why it is you're thinking about killing yourself and we're very frank and honest about the fact that you can so uh, I accept that you can kill yourself I know that's a fact and that fact will never uh, change I'm not endorsing it and it's tragic if it happens and I would do everything I can to try and find another way forward but I don't try and I don't start from a position of assuming you that I can stop you and so that, and that brings up the idea that the only real vi- viable approach we have is to work together. So you and I will meet together and talk about your suicidality and try and figure out a way of finding another way forward. And it's an invitation into a, into a cooperative relationship. And that's really different than some of the coercive stuff that tends to happen. Um, I think often people are left feeling powerless in their role as clinicians and often feel they have to stop people from killing themselves by getting them to hospital or by moving them through the system to another part of the system because they're at higher risk, etc. And those are missed opportunities, in my point of view, for a collaborative encounter. And do you think GPs and psychiatrists and psychologists and nurses, and do you think they all feel out of their depth when somebody says to them, I think you're killing myself? When you, when you look at the literature on what is the thing that scares you most or, or stresses you out most, uh, for mental health care professionals. It's almost always, the survey's gone back to the 70s, uh, death by suicide of a patient. It's extraordinarily challenging. One of the reasons it's extraordinarily challenging is that we're put in a position of taking responsibility for providing care for people, and they might kill themselves no matter how good a job we do. And we fear that we might be held accountable for being negligent, not doing what we should have done, or doing something we shouldn't have done. And that fear, if it's unchecked with good supervision, training, practice, can lead people into taking positions of uh, power or authority over situations where they actually have no control. So, yes, in in that sense. 
So tell us a bit about CAMS as, and how it works and also the research behind it. Um, so it's the core kind of assessment tool and treatment planning tool is called the Suicide Status Form. So we sit down side by side and we, we kind of look at suicidality and the, and the drivers, the issues that are pushing you to think about ending your life, and we go up with a treatment plan based on that. Um, there's a substantial amount of data that's been uh, researched for 30-odd years. Professor Jobes runs the Suicide Prevention Lab in uh, the Catholic University of uh, America in Washington. Um, they have eight published correlational trials, uh, four published randomized control trials, and three further randomized control trials. So a huge amount of research activity uh, ongoing supporting the effectiveness of CAMS as a means of reducing suicidal ideation, uh, some impact on attempt behavior, but that needs further replication, uh, improving overall symptom distress. One of the key things that I really like that's coming out of the literature that supports my own kind of um, practice, if you want, to my own observations, is that uh, both Clients and clinicians like it. And I think the reason it's liked is because it brings people into a cooperative relationship and moves people away from the potential for coercive or power struggles and those kind of troubled relationships that often occur around suicide in clinicians. And because it resets us in that dynamic of I'm here to help you and we're going to work together, it takes a lot of the stress and strain out of the work. So I like it a bit better as a clinician because I, I'm a little bit frightened, less frightened. And you as a client, because we're prizing your point of view about what's putting your life at risk and you get to write your own treatment plan, feel empowered and involved in a way that maybe you haven't before. And it sets the stage for a, a potentially much more cooperative relationship. If there's practitioners listening to this who say, this sounds good, what should they do? Well, you can find Professor Job's book. It's called Managing uh, Suicide Risk, a Collaborative Approach. The second edition was published in 2016. And there's also the camscare.com website, which details a lot of the you know, summary of all the literature and the training. There's an online training module that people can do. It's only it's three hours. It's a very, very good kind of overview of the model with lots of role play and stuff in that. Um, and I'm doing uh, uh, training around Ireland, the UK, and uh, various other countries in Europe uh, for the last several years and always happy to talk to people about uh, collaborating and, and starting up services uh, using the CAMS in other parts of the world. Yeah.